Welcome to episode 315 of the All You Can Hear podcast. Today, we're continuing the summer of fisting. Bang, bang, bang. Pow, pow, pow. Uh, you both Tanner did cut it. out like crazy. Just uh, well, I think I got too loud. Yeah, so. I, I only I just said pow. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, we're continuing our summer of fisting, dude. It's fucking week four week four dude. yeah punch four punch four punch four sorry my bad Can you not read the doc jesus i don't read titles and how i can make them wow wow that's crazy because you didn't make this the bible i just made that one get ready it's a sequel. The Bible 2. New okay. reckoning. No, no, no. Colt is riffing off of the actual Bible 2. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh, <fuck>. <laughs> Damn, got your ass, Colt. <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit of secret lore of the world there for you. Bam. Yeah, we uh, got told you the Bible 2 is actually Twilight. Oh, fuck. Oh, you, you know is that, that does 9-11 act- fan fiction? What the what? F- whoa, whoa! Is that something else? Talking- is that Fifty Shades of Grey? What are you talking? Jesus Christ! We're talking bro. about Twilight. Oh, We're talking about Stephanie yeah. Meyer, bro. Is that not Edward Cullen? I know, but is that not connected to nine eleven? Why? Are you- whoa! Why are you I don't think they mentioned nine eleven one time in the Twilight series. Jesus Christ, Colt! I thought God. it was like a copy and pasted like nine eleven thing. I'm I am so sorry. No, people, okay. Listening to this, this I'm is so this is what Colt is talking about. Colt is being really just, I, I don't know what's gotten into him. <laughs> Tanner knows what I'm talking about. Okay, but it's not anywhere close to what you're saying. Twilight, Fifty Shades of Grey started as a Twilight fan fiction. I have uh, no yeah. idea where you were getting September 11th I, from. I, I just never forget about it, that's why. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> hey Cole, are you going to introduce us? Who's on the show this week? Yeah, today uh, with me, I've got some stinky fucks, and my name is uh, Soaped Up Colt. Okay, uh, I guess I'm Wenzel. <laughs> <laughs> Dang yeah. no, I am the landlord Tanner. Oh shit! Ooh, I don't know about that. I don't know. If that's good to say. People don't really like landlords that much. Well, I, well, this landlord's cool. This landlord in this movie. Yeah, yeah. true, true. Specifically, the latter half of the film, because <laughs> was not a fan of him in the first half. Yeah, and, yeah. and I'm soaped up, so my butt's hanging out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. This entire podcast just know my butt's out. Okay. So nothing, Wenzel. You're nothing. I, I'm just Wenzel. You're not a person from the movie. You'll okay. Look later in the movie. Later in the episode, it will get revealed that I'm the chosen one. Okay. Oh man. Okay. I didn't know that was an option. Yeah, that that wasn't really put on the table. I mean, you're not you're not thinking ahead like me. I'm God. Okay, you can't do that. Mm, I'm thinking way ahead. No, you just you just confirmed yourself to be soaked up cold. Well, if we're thinking ahead, can I just be a character from The Raid? Oh, my God. <laughs> and if we're thinking no. even further ahead, can I be the heat death of the universe? 
Oh, that's a good one. You guys just know how to kill any fun. Yeah. It's because of people like you. (laughs) People like me? Wow. Oh my gosh. That's right. (laughs) That's right. If you're going to do that, then I'm going to do this. Don't discriminate against artists. Oh my god. (laughs) If you're not struggling, you're not a real artist. Water literally almost came out. Like, swear to God, I I took a sip of water because that was not the direction I expected Winslow to go in. uh, And water almost came out. Like, I could feel water enter my sinus. (laughs) Good Lord. Okay, let's let's talk about this. Yeah, what movie are we talking about, Colt? You could probably get a little bit of what we're talking about if you've seen this movie before. Or just saw the title of the episode. Shut up. People, don't read the title, okay? Uh, if you've already read it, forget it. Okay. Uh, so today we're talking about Kung Fu Hustle, the movie that oh, came out okay. in 2004. Ooh, what was everybody doing in 2004? I just uh, started elementary school. I just, yeah, I just started elementary school. Well, I started that in 2003. That's yeah. when I first got to, no, 2004, 2003 or 2004, I, first, I just got to Alabama. Ah. Wow. Yeah. And you never left. You love it so much. Yeah, that's why. That's the reason why. What was I doing in 2004? I was probably right in the middle of my obsession with Pokemon. Because I I was in the third grade, I think. Third third or fourth grade. But it was like right when like Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh really started popping off in my class. So like we were all playing Pokemon and like we would bring our Yu-Gi-Oh decks to school and play Yu-Gi-Oh and stuff. Oh, yeah. nice. Oh. Whoa. Colt. I don't know if anybody heard that. Colt was cutting out real bad. Yeah. And, uh, oh. Wow. Oh. He still is. I'm not even. I'm not, what is happening right now? I'm not doing a bit. Tanner, can you hear me fine? Oh, my God. Okay. That came through, but you were cutting out really bad. Really bad. No, y'all aren't cutting out for me. What? Uh, okay, what'd you say? I'm sorry. Do you not care about Pokemon anymore, Tanner? Yeah, I was gonna. No. Okay, good. I was gonna say like either Tanner is still obsessed with Pokemon or he doesn't anymore. No, I'm. I'm still like in. I mean, obviously, I'm not into Pokemon as much now at 27, almost 28, than I was at eight and nine years old. But I, I would say 2004 was like the probably the first year I got like super into it. Um, like I had watched the anime and I had played games before this, but like to me, like eight and nine, like I finally started to have like cognitive function of like understanding stories. Like I'm pretty sure 2004 was probably the first year I ever beat a Pokemon game, which would have been Ruby, I guess. Damn. But yeah. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I see you. All I right. see you. That was when I, uh, was a stupid little baby in kindergarten. Yeah, I I figured y'all were probably both still in diapers. Uh huh. What? <laughs> wow. No. <laughs> yeah, y'all were born in ninety eight, ninety nine. Y'all should probably still been in diapers. Yeah, even now. <laughs> Kung Fu Hustle was directed by Stephen Chow. It's a it's a short little sweet movie. It's a runtime of ninety nine minutes or an hour and thirty nine minutes. So it's it's a f- very very quick watch. Yeah, you do not feel that runtime at all. 
Um, wait, hold on. Let me add a little. We can just say MMA as well for that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The fighting styles include kung fu and MMA, and also magic because there's <laughs> fucking magic in it. <laughs> Dude, he's not. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. That's pretty. Yeah. It's some really sick magic stuff too. I, I originally watched this movie like I want to say like 2009, 2010. I remember liking it, but I totally forgot about pretty much everything. Uh, except for one scene where there was a buff old man and a buff kid. I as soon as I saw that scene, I was like, "Yeah, I've seen this." <laughs> yeah, we're back. We're back. <laughs> this movie had a budget of twenty million dollars in the box office of one hundred and four point nine million dollars. So this movie got that money back and more. Yeah, I've... it's so weird, and I I know we'll get into it. Um. Like in the episode, but this movie making that much money in 2004 kind of blew my mind. Like, because I, Cole, I think if I were to watch this probably at the same time as you, like 09, you know, 2010 or whatever, I would not have liked this movie. What the hell? What are you well, I, I, I say that because I don't think I would have liked it because I was definitely, because you have to think I was like 14 or 15. I was definitely in my like, this is not true art even though I didn't even understand fucking movies at all when I was 14 or 15, I, I would be like, this is not what a true auteur would make. Um, I would not have liked it. I would have been like, these special effects are garbage. Uh, yeah. But watching it now, and especially watching it together, it's a hoot and a holler. Hey, man, brother. It yeah. really is. I, I definitely agree with you there, Tanner, because I was the same way. Like, Because we're in that time where it's like, I just had a vague understanding of like, oh, well, if the graphics aren't good, then mm -hmm. that's like a big problem. And it goes yep. for like movie effects, too. It's like, oh, well, the CG is bad, so it's not that good. It can't be charming or fun still. But yeah. Yeah. Damn, y'all fucking sucked. I was just laughing because they did funny stuff. Yeah, not okay. me. Let's be real. Colt would would also have been kind of similar. I mean, I probably would have said like, yeah, it's like got some bad cg but it's funny all right let's let's um, colt giving himself too much credit and i hate it oh my gosh you're just a hater also hashtag. he says we he says we suck he knew us <laughs> yeah and i hated you no actually no i didn't know you yeah In i was gonna 2009, say I, I yeah colt Tanner. yeah colt well, no, knew me but he wouldn't have known you i said 14 or 15 oh yeah, yeah oh yeah, oh, yeah. I didn't yeah. watch it when I was 14 and 15. If I did, I probably would have loved it. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> when I was 14 and 15, my taste was more refined. How about that? Oh, no, oh Cole. I've seen your your Spotify. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was going to say, like, what? Colt liked what? Call of Duty? Ew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great example, Winslow. <laughs> Some of the notable actors and slash characters are Stephen Chow Singh, the director. He plays the main, uh, I wouldn't say good guy, uh, a guy, just the main guy. Uh, Yun Hua is the landlord. Ki Yun as landlady. Uh, Lam Se Shung as bone. Si Long Lang Lung as the beast. Danny Chan Kwok Kwan as brother Sum. Chi Ling, uh, Chi Ling Chu as Taylor. Ching Shu, Ching Yu as Cooley, 
Shua Hua Dong as Donut, Shengi Huang as Fong. Colt, that was like really good. I didn't know how to pronounce some things uh, when it comes to letters. Uh, yeah, no. Do you, I know uh, how what they mean? No. Yeah, you definitely <laughs> did that better than I would have. It was very impressive. And, right. and, obvi- and obviously, too, if if anybody gets it wrong, you know, we apologize. But yeah, I'm an American white man. I'm stupid. Um, yeah. Uh, no. Uh, but yeah, you but... at least said it with confidence. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And I mean, even if you, I'm wrong. I mean, you you pronounce it how I would have. Like, yeah, I, I assume, you know, so I. You know, I can't. Uh, yeah, no. Those I don't know. That was just very surprising. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why. Like, I, I was looking at the like uh, some of the names. I'm like, oh, man, I kind of hope I don't do this because like I'm not I'm going to butcher all of them. Cool. Yeah, you did a good job. Uh, it's probably because I played Smite and I knew how to say Naja and uh, uh, Zhao Kuang. I think yeah. it's Smite. I mean, that's fair. I mean, stuff yeah, like that's that fair. With- with like you know teaching like names like that i mean that's how people learn you know yeah when you when you play as many games and watch as much stuff especially as uh you know we do uh you, you sometimes you learn something yeah I mean, I yeah guess. i mean yeah you know it doesn't have to be like a direct like like oh yeah this thing teaches you exactly what it's teaching you like no it's like you kind of learn like like i guess like sur- peripheral things surrounding that and i think that's valuable and um just as worthwhile for anything and i think yeah it's, yeah yeah no I, I and think people have been using smite as a duolingo alternative for years yeah hobwa that's uh i used to say hebo but it's hobwa oh, river god i can't remember i try to think of other gods uh what's that one with all the bees owl Oh, uh, you're thinking of the Mayan god. I know, but it's. I remember when I first saw it, I was like, "How do you pronounce this?" Um, I cannot remember. I can't remember. Damn. Uh, yeah. No, it's. Yeah, they do a good job. Yeah, I, I, I put like a month and a half of in-game time in that, and I haven't touched it in years. Anyways, we're talking about Kung Fu Hustle, so I'm gonna give you a synopsis, little little info about it. When the hapless Singh and his dim-witted pal Bone try to scam the residents of Pigsty Alley into thinking they're members of the dreaded Axe Gang, the real gangsters descend on the Shanghai slum to restore their fearsome reputation. What gang leader, brother, some doesn't know is that three legendary retired Kung Fu masters live anonymously, anonymously in the decrepit neighborhood and don't take kindly to interlopers. There's some silly gooses in this neighborhood, I'll say that too. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say the the village uh, it has a diverse cast of characters because um, it, it also takes place and it's really not apparent in the movie. The only reason I knew it is because it was in like the YouTube description for the, wh- where we watched it, because this movie is available for free on YouTube with ads yep. like an official like thing. And the ads do pop up quickly, but. I don't care because the movie was funny. Yeah, the mo- yeah the movie's still really good. Uh, it said it's based in the 1940s. Fuck. Which I wouldn't have assumed. I, I don't know. It it seemed like it might have been older, but it takes place in the 40s. Uh, but yeah, tons of little quirky cast of characters. Um, 
let me tell you just my initial impression of the movie before watching anything. I I, I feel I just want to say this with the opening title sequence with the butterfly dry, flying through the valley and the level of CG that was there. I was like, hmm. I I don't want to judge a movie by its cover, but this may be a little cheesy. Um, which we hadn't really dealt with so far in Summer of Fisting. Not not this level of cheese. So I was a little scared for that, but uh th- that quickly evaporated as we got into the opening minutes of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Because it immediately kicks off. That mm-hmm. it's crazy how like jokes per second that were thrown at us. And they were good jokes. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I should go ahead and ask you guys, like it does and it does go right into the action fairly quickly. Um, how do we feel about that going right into it? Like, does it feel does that feel rushed? Does it feel is it good or bad or does it just feel just right? Or what are we what are we thinking with how it goes kind of right into the fighting? Because with the past films like Police Story, there's, you know, there's a whole setup with enter the dragon again there's like a like a match but it's not nothing like what happens later and then in drunken master again it's like kind of a built a little a little build up so it takes a little bit um how do we how do we feel uh about that um i'll go first yo, yo. i loved it i thought it's it was a very bold decision especially because of what this movie is um which like the way I viewed this movie, it, it is a legitimate like martial arts film, but at the same time, kind of being a parody of itself in a way, but it's done so cleanly. Like you don't feel insulted as the viewer watching it. Um, so I thought them grabbing at least my attention as the viewer first thing with like this fight. And then there's like a, a dance sequence right after it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I I thought it was really bold, and I loved it. And like Colts already mentioned, like this movie does not stop. Like the amount of jokes per minute, the amount of action in the movie. Like I don't think it's super crazy to say this has the most action out of any of the movies we've watched thus far. Um, and yeah, I mean, like this movie just starts at go and does not stop till the credits. Like it's it's super impressive. Um, for it to keep up this like level of pace for an out for a hundred minutes is kind of crazy. Uh, but yeah, I loved it. Uh, I, starting the movie with like this big set piece. Yeah, I'm the exact same way. I love the action starting immediately and the joke starting immediately because it gives you a taste of what you're actually in for. Uh, especially with the humor being so outrageous, uh, the axe gang, uh, like going and just attacking this group of men. And like one of the guys gets on his side and throws an axe uh, on his side and cuts a man's leg off completely. And then the man's wife is hidden. Apparently it's the axe game leader's sister or something like that. It's probably it's his sister. sister. Okay. It's actual yeah. sister is like, please don't kill me. He's like, I don't kill women. And he said, go get out of here. And uh, his, he looks at his assistant, his assistant brings him a shotgun and he immediately shoots her in the back and she goes flying. It's fucking hilarious. I know that sounds terrible, but it's hilarious. It's, yeah, it's, like in the context of the movie, it's funny. Like it's it's played a thousand percent for laughs. It's not supposed to be like, oh, that was 
degree. Like it, it's again, obviously meant for humorous reasons because some of these gangs in martial art films are like, we don't kill women. So him doing that and then just blowing her away with a shotgun is like objectively hilarious. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I agree with everybody here. Um, they get right into it and they don't stop. And I, it was, it was a choice that I think was good. It was a lot of fun and it never got tiring whatsoever. Um, and should mention too, that the, uh, they they mention a dance scene. There's literally in the very beginning after they they we see them initially because it's a it's a fairly big like um confrontation where the whole gang meets in the center of like or in front of the police station to attack this smaller crocodile gang. That's what they're called, the crocodile gang. Yeah. Um, and uh they have a dance number right after, and that's actually meant to reference west side story because it's just it's like a montage of them basically taking over all of the territory because it just goes through them like killing the rival gangs and stuff that yeah i just thought that was a fun a neat thing um that was uh that i found out um while i was looking stuff up about this film and then also too about how like west side story and romeo and juliet play kind of like they're like parallels with those works in this film as well uh, i just think that's kind of fun too but um yeah no it's uh again like through like like i said and like everybody else here says like it really goes into like the constant like jokes and action and never it never really gets old or or tiring or any like rushed or anything it just it feels so it's so much fun um and then like Speaking, speaking of that to the jokes, because it is so far we've watched two action films that are also comedy films with Jackie Chan and his very physical kind of uh, op like physical acrobatic operatic slapstick style comedy and action. You know, how how does this compare to uh, to those films and to the. Um, oh, excuse me. Sorry, I had a burp. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, how does it how does it feel? uh compared to the previous films that we've seen so far and also with it's like kind of unconventionality of like of its usage with cgi and its comedy as well how, how did how, how did that come across to us how like how did that like how did we the feel about that to me it feels weird to compare this to any of the other movies we've seen because this is the most outlandish wacky film that we've seen by far and there's nothing like it in any of the other movies yeah i think so i so like the film like in police story and legend of the drunken master you you kind of nailed it where you said jackie chan you know this physical slapstick style comedy i don't feel like the comedy in this movie so much as physical yeah i do think there are like some legitimate slapstick moments in it but i think most of the comedy in the film actually comes from like conversation and the dialogue between yeah. the characters um like it feels much more westernized i guess in that way where like the actual script is funny and yes there are still some slapstick comedy moments specifically like with the landlady running and you know her whole deal uh, like that that's funny from a physical aspect but also that kind of mixes in the cg so i 
yeah, I kind of agree with Colt where I don't think the comedy in this film is comparable to the any of the prior films we've watched because I think it's in an entire league of its own as far as like comedy goes because this movie to me unlike police story and legend of the drunken master seems like this was made as a comedy first and an action film second where in those movies it definitely feels like the comedy while there and very prevalent is like to the back burner of them being action films yeah yeah no i see what you're saying it's kind of like yeah so it's like while the action is happening in legend of the drunken master and in the police story to show off jackie chan's capabilities and yeah and his abilities um the kind of the humor kind of flows around it basically kind of kind of like a hurricane kind of like a hurricane where jackie chan is the eye and then the storm itself is surrounding him that's like the comedy mm -hmm. pretty much kind of being kind of building off of the 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 um the action itself yeah yeah no, I, I get that I just say that because because, again, you know, with with those past films, they were more funny. And then with uh, the first film we watched was definitely on the more serious side. And this is way, way more on the funny side yeah. than uh, than either of them, really. And you, you mentioned where you feel like, you know, Jackie Chan in those last two movies is like the eye of the hurricane and everything built around him. I completely agree. I do not feel that in this movie. I feel like everybody is like. I don't obviously everybody can't be the centerpiece, but everybody is popping off jokes. Everybody is kind of involved in these cool action sequences. Whereas in the prior two movies, while both being, you know, excellent movies in their own right, it builds off of like Jackie's like charisma and yeah. energy. Where in this movie, it seems like everybody is able to shine in a way for like to highlight everybody else's stuff like it doesn't feel like there's one center of the movie and the movie builds around it it seems like there's just like i guess to keep with the weather allegory it's like pop-up tornadoes of like just comedy everywhere the whole movie and it's not just like one centralized storm yeah yeah it, it also yeah. amplifies the feeling of being an anime because an anime like a lot yes. of them tend to just uh have uh a, like uh everyone has their own fucking badass moment instead of like one person just keeps on uh being the only badass person like in Jujutsu mm -hmm. Kaisen for instance like Itadori is the main character yes but everybody else got some cool shit going on yeah, yeah. uh and I, I would say the same for my hero even though like when you have a character like Deku with as much power as he has I mean yeah. his badass moments are going to seem like they eclipse everything else mm -hmm. but for the most part a lot of the characters do kind of have unique abilities to themselves and their moments and their characterizations as well so uh but yeah no good good way to lead uh bring him Jujutsu Kaisen back to the talk uh because I find myself comparing all so much with Jujutsu Kaisen that's yeah that's so funny well there and there's so many shonen tropes at least modern shonen tropes like it honestly makes me kind of question like how like much did this movie like uh influence it's like modern especially battle shonen tropes with stuff oh, like that yeah like, it seems very reminiscent of i mean take any sort of I mean, bleach naruto even one piece to an extent especially one piece uh, yeah, fucking goofy ass. Yeah, with the <laughs> with the level of humor, but also like is able to like bring it back down to earth. 
Jujutsu Kaisen, my hero. I mean, pr- pretty much like ninety percent of modern battle shonen. I I feel like I, you I see in this movie. So like also I, like one of the main not main but one of the female characters, and it was clearly written by Kishimoto. She doesn't say a single word and is thrown to the side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's yeah. Literally, the last person that Colt mentions in the normal Mo- like very modern shonen has gotten it right. <laughs> But definitely like big three era shonen. Yeah, it was like, oh, uh, yeah. I guess I'll draw. Oda knew. Oda got better. Oda's like Nami and Robin. got they're great. Well, even when they, oh, oh, I'm not going to talk about it here. This is not the place for it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> no, um, yeah. Uh, now I should say too with with uh, One Piece and this. I mean, these Kung Fu Hustle and One Piece or Oda got inspiration from the same place and that being like tom and jerry and looney tunes yeah so yeah yeah uh, so yeah that kind of that kind of really uh plays into those uh comparisons right there um oh gosh uh uh i should pull out this fun fact too because i thought that was interesting uh the axe gang that we see in this movie is actually also in the legend of the drunken master what what yeah so if you remember when the gang that attacks Jackie Chan and the master in that one building and Jackie Chan uses that giant bamboo staff or whatever. That was the ax gang. Oh, um, were there because, any actor similarities? No, I don't think so. Uh, it's just that the ax gang is relatively based on an actual group that existed in China um, or that existed in. Uh, uh, pro- uh I want to say, yeah, China, Hong Kong, maybe. Um, Actually, let me look it up real quick to make sure. I, I guess that makes sense. I mean, I just didn't. I guess I didn't think about it. I, are they? They're not named like they're not outright called the Axe Gang yes, in Legend they are. of Drunken Master, are they? Oh no! Wait, no. Uh, I was thinking of uh, the actual gang is just straight up called the Axe Gang, and in the Drunken Master, they are called the Axe Gang. Uh, yeah. So there. Yeah. So there's a. Yeah, so they're uh, they they were founded in 1921, and they did exist in uh, Shanghai. And they were oh. in a bunch of movies: Project A Part Two, Drunken Master Two, Marrying the Mafia Two, Kung Fu Hustle, and Shanghai Affairs, and also in Iron Fist. Yep. Holy shit, oh. that's crazy. Yeah, I, I just thought I should bring bring that to everybody's attention. I just think it's fun because. Uh, because I mean, they were when I looking back on it, I was like, yeah, they were wear they had this, they wear the similar similar clothes, weapons, and uh, tendency to fight in large numbers, which I thought was interesting. I I also hope that means that Legend of the Drunken Master and Kung Fu Hustle take place in the same universe. Well, Damn. here's the thing about that too. So, uh, oh God, this is one of the things I had to look up again before the podcast started to make sure I was reading this right. Um, so, uh, God, who is this? Uh, there was somebody, oh God, hold on. We're anxiously awaiting. Sorry, I'm trying to, uh, okay. So there is like some kind of uh, what's interesting is the tailor is uh, played played by we have here um, Chi Ling Chu. Um, 
he is a martial artist and actor who founded a martial arts school in San Francisco. He teaches there as well as the Chu family Kuhn in Hong Kong, which is rooted in the Lam Si or Lam Sai Wing lineage. I hope I'm saying right that right. Uh, Lam Sai Wing is a folk hero, and Chu Ching Ling's father was a student of his, but um lam say wing himself was a student of the real life wong fei hung uh the drunken master huh. so there's a little bit of a correlation there between that yeah sorry i was trying to make sure i was like i was uh reading this right yeah sorry about yeah that. there's a lot there are, there's a lot of people involved too so yeah i just thought that was like interesting how much like this also connects back to drunken master even if it is like more of the real life stuff connected yeah. back to yeah. the a fictionalized version of an actual person. Yeah, I just I just thought that was fascinating. Um, okay. Uh, uh, let me see what else did I have. Um, mm, uh, what do we think about the action set pieces? What do we think about that? They were pretty uh pretty cool. The um, a lot of them were just open, especially like the pigsty place. But that that's makes sense because there's a scene where dude is playing an instrument, shooting little blades out of it. That shit needs to be open. <laughs> yeah, true. I yeah. thought they were good. Yeah, so it's so weird because I feel like the movie flows in such a way, like it almost feels like just one long action piece like it like yes there are the individual fights in my mind and there's like few moments of like reprieve between them like i'm thinking from the first uh fight at pigsty between the axe gang and like the the three hidden masters in the village um like between that and then we get the fight again between the three of them and the the two assassins yeah, then, like it just feels like it flows. Um, but I, I think they're good. Like, I don't think again, I'm, you can't really compare them to something like Police Story or Drunken Master or, you know, Enter the Dragon, because those are all practical. Like, those are all fights. Like yeah. Cole said, one of the guys in this movie plays a, an instrument and blades and undead samurai and all sorts of shit like oh, not, come not, out. Not samurai. Uh they're just old warriors. Old okay, warriors. Like old old warriors are coming out to just fight. Like, you know, that would have been weird if that happened in police story. Um, or something. I mean, like, there's just so many, like Colt joked earlier, but like the magic acts aspect of it makes this like totally harder to judge. But as far as like the actual fights go, fights are awesome. Yeah, they are. You just can't. To me, you can't really compare them to, again, something like Police Story or Legend of the Drunken Master. Because, I mean, they're practical. I mean, I guess you can kind of say maybe Legend of the Drunken Master, a little bit of magic happens because he drinks a lot of alcohol and he starts breathing fire. That's not magic. No, he's just uh, shooting <laughs> yeah. alcohol. He, he's just, he's, uh, he's just an alcoholic. Yeah, but uh, you know, which is pretty <laughs> magical. Yeah, pl uh, pretty magical sometimes. I wouldn't, I would not say that. Um, but yeah, it's just it it it's really I I'm not saying I don't like it. I love this movie. 
Uh, but it's just so weird to think of them as action set pieces. And in some of the set pieces, like there is a Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner sequence of them running through the countryside, <laughs> like feet, wheel spinning, and all, like during w- one of the fights. So it's it's kind of yep. weird to call it like a a full action set piece, but th- they're really good. Just don't well, go in expecting like police story stuff. No, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. Like that's not it's not a exaggeration. There was legit Wiley Coyote and um Roadrunner scene. Yeah. But uh yeah, yeah, because like it, it it just it goes from pigsty to uh to the city, back to pigsty to the city, and it just kind of it definitely just kind of flows between those two places. So there's never mm-hmm. really any like different differentiating between between uh those two places. Um like there's probably one location or maybe two that are like completely separate from those. But anyway, um, so I guess uh, I guess I should ask, what's everybody's favorite uh, fight? Oh, that's easy. That's 100 percent. The uh, dudes playing the instrument, shooting all blades. And then they had all the other masters uh, or at least two of the masters. One of them got his fucking head cut off. Uh, the spear one, the spear master specifically. Holy shit. It was super cool watching him grab a bundle of spears and fly through the air as he just slams them, blocking blades, throwing them at him. It's just an awesome fight all around. Even with the dude with the rings on his arm, those were fucking sick as hell. <laughs> yeah, that, that fight was good. I think there's one fight in the movie that is better, and that's the landlord and the landlady versus the beast in the, like, the... I, I guess the only thing you could call it is like the casino the area. Casino, yeah. yeah. Um, like that fight, like it, it is ridiculous in the best way. In the best like, possible way. Oh my the, god. The landlady can use this technique called the lion's roar, and like they essentially make a funeral bell that they bring, which is like badass. They they're like, Oh, we bought this funeral bell to signify that this is You're all you gonna know, die. You're all gonna <laughs> die. It's like hell yeah. But then they she like breaks the funeral bell with her fucking power to make it a megaphone so she amplifies her lines roar through a funeral bell which is so fucking sick and like the beast just being this old man and like I, like these plastic flip-flops but just being like this insane kung fu master and then the landlord like doing his thing i feel like also too like the landlord's style does kind of lend itself to that drunken master style because it's so floaty i I don't well i should i should say so for people who don't who don't know or who have seen it like to make sure we know what we're talking about landlady and landlord they reveal themselves to also be two kung fu masters um she uh, I can't remember her specifically, but I mean, her ability is Lion's Roar, but she has other fighting capabilities. And he is, from what I've read, his style was basically Tai Chi, which is yeah. him just redirecting his opponent's moves and basically using their bodies against them, which yeah. we do see that when he fights the two musicians because the entire time they're trying to hit him and he's just like smooth, like jello. Yeah. Basically. He's almost he's dancing. floating. Like yeah, there's a scene floating. where he's getting slashed at and then he just like falls like a piece of paper through the air on the ground and shoots back up on his feet it's fucking oh my god crazy this has to be it it almost reminds me of the fight with uh 
going back to One Piece for a second, the fight that Luffy has with Enel. Yeah. You yeah. know, when he like completely deflates and he's weightless and Enel tries to stab him with his trident, but he yeah. can't. Kind of reminded me of that. It's also kind of like <laughs> Kaido, because uh, uh, I don't want to spoil what's happening in One Piece. It's like the current stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's but fair. no, it... it so like that with the funeral bell and making it a megaphone and like just being able to like amplify her lion's roar to be like this seismic event was awesome. I thought it was so cool. No, it was super sick. And them fighting like in tent didn't with each other. Cause like landlady and the landlord are, are married and, um, and so they're fighting together Yeah, and, uh, the beast is like, literally so from what they say is like the the top killer in the world number one and um he's just looking for somebody to either be good enough to kill him or um or somebody he just wants to wants to be uh maybe it's just that i think it's just that where he just wants somebody to be strong enough to kill him uh yeah and uh with these two he was hoping that but to him they didn't um they didn't meet that, but there were some, well, I say that, but they fucked him up. Like literally he had to get stitches on his head because his skull was peeking through after she used the lion's roar through a, through a funeral bell. That was pretty mm -hmm. sick. And, uh, and there's a part in there though, whenever they're fighting, um, he like twists her arm, but she doesn't know how to redirect that twisting energy. So her husband, the landlord has to get, grab her and twist her to redirect the energy. It's so insane yeah like it's it's funny but at the same time it's it's like so super sick seeing them fight because a lot of it is just cg like there's like whenever she does a lion roar i think we mean everybody here was screaming because when she does it she like sucks in like she takes in all the air and she she basically she gets really skinny and all the air goes into her boobs to make them bigger until she roars it's pretty crazy um, it's where the air is stored it makes sense yeah yeah but uh yeah it's funny and i should mention too that these so whenever we first get um whenever we find out like fully what these two characters are the landlord and landlady when they meet the beast it's pretty cool because um they're revealed as uh he, the man the landlord is revealed as paris and the landlady is revealed as helen of troy does anybody does anybody have any know what that significance is uh, no, they're I, historical I could figures. honestly not tell you. I have no idea. Uh, what'd you say, Colt? I know they're historical figures. And so Egypt, maybe? Uh, uh, yeah, you're kind of close. I mean, Greece is right there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, uh, Helen of Troy and Paris of Troy, it's basically, I want to say, kind of a situation also of Jul Romeo and Juliet. And but uh, she was abdu she was abducted by Paris of Troy, and that was the cause of the Trojan of the Trojan War. So that's okay. the, that's kind of their significance. And then also too, um, whenever uh, the subtitles say that, but um, what their actual uh, references and their names they were um, their names are. His name, the landlord, is Yang Gao, and um, I can't. I, I don't have what her name is in the language, but her name is the little dragon maiden, and uh, which is a nod to 
Louis Louise Louis Chaw's famous novel Return of the Condo Heroes, and it's something that's been adapted um, many times for television and film. And um, they're they're basically supposed to be like kind of like opposites of them. Basically, being Yang Gao is supposed to be a handsome youth, and the Dragon Maiden was supposed to be a beautiful young woman. But they're kind of like opposites of that. And then to give you kind of further further like um, understanding of this person. Um, let me see real quick. Uh, where did I put it? Uh, where did I write it? That author. I'm sorry. And it's not us asking questions this time. Because uh, usually Wenzel's like, stop asking me questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay sorry sorry so uh mo a lot of the stuff in here the names of like the superpowers and the magic and the characters and stuff they're based off of uh pulp novels of louis cha a household name in hong kong often compared to alexander dumas and credited with the invention of modern martial arts swashbucklers oh yeah okay so there's a lot of references to him in this film so through <laughs> those two yeah so i thought that was a one little tidbit there. Hell um, yeah. As for uh, my favorite scenes, uh, I mean, it, it, it's it's honestly a tie between those two just because they're so... Um, <laughs> well, I say that, but the final fight is yeah. so fucking crazy. That's my final second fight, place. Yeah, final fight would have been my second place. Uh, oh, man. You know what? Since Colt picked the, the first big fight, the Tanner picked the pick the big second fight i'll pick the third final big fight which is the final fight which is the uh, most anime fight out of every it single is fight. so fucking anime so basically what happens there is that uh our our main character sing who's very much for the for the movie like kind of a bad guy kind of a dick um he ends up uh realizing his full potential and becomes master of a uh, buddhist palm and um he uh he becomes he turns immediately into the good guy and like i mean he literally his whole demeanor is changed he even shaves uh yep, shaved his clothes turn white yep and uh he kicks he kicks ass smashes toes and he fights the beast and that's where we also see the beast's full power which is he turns into a fucking toad um and it's just insane and then he he comes down from heaven to strike him with a heavenly palm strike i think um after jumping off a bird midair yeah it, it, it and singing buddha in the in the clouds to also it also represents buddha claiming him as the chosen one like it's insane uh and he and whenever he comes back down the force of his palm like pushes the wind and gravity down on the beast to make a crater with a hand hand crater it's so sick i love it yeah, and he doesn't even connect with the beast because the beast surrenders before his palm can meet the beast. I would love to know just what would have happened if his palm would have connected. Oh, the beast would have exploded. Yeah, yeah. it just would have blown up and I've left probably even a larger like hand-shaped crater. <laughs> but yeah, speaking of, like, it's anime as hell. Like, it's anime, but also, like, it kind of it's very tom and jerry looney tunesy because like as he's stomping toes everybody's foot is just completely flattened as if 
he has caused the inside of your foot to explode and just become mush. Yeah, yeah. it's so it, good. <laughs> and and even the beast remarks about it, saying that's like child stuff. But then he gets his toes smashed and he's like, shit. Yeah. It's very good. Um, and then I loved when the beast turned into like his toad form, like essentially because Colt was like, oh, so he just bulldozes and like, yeah, he just becomes like a human bullet. And and it's so powerful. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And uh, yeah. And uh, the magic system or whatever, it's really interesting because basically every person kind of has their own um, has their own school and unique abilities too with that school it's it's so it's really cool it's just really sick and we find out later that it's like it doesn't matter basically who buddha or anybody really blesses with these gifts it's just kind of it can be anybody and it's kind of your choice about where which path you want to go down um I think that's interesting too, and it's su- it sucks too that we only we don't see the three masters for so long because they die so early, and it was so mm-hmm. funny too because we were we were sitting there picking like okay who are we gonna be, and immediately the person that Tanner picks as soon as he picks him he fucking dies. Yeah, the fucking leg guy, the kick, the kicker, yeah, gets decapitated like doesn't even put up a fight. I'm like, oh, I guess all of us are about to die, but like the the staff. And like the, I, the Iron rings Fist. guy, uh, yeah, Iron Fist, they get like this whole cool fight. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> Why the kicker guy not gonna go out fighting? And it's so stupid too because kicker guy even saw like all the things around him getting cut in half, like a cat and like all these vases and like these little shops, and like he just doesn't do anything. And then he turns around and it's like, Ching! and like just decapitated. It's like, yep. what the hell? Yeah. It was it was pretty funny, and Colt really loved the staff guy. He only says that because that was Colt's choice. Yeah, <laughs> I lived the longest. He lives the longest, and his staff guy name is Donut too. So it's yeah. like, oh, that's Colt. Um, yeah. And I, I chose I chose the tailor, but the tailor was so sick because he like okay, we should mention too the first fight with the three masters. I mean, really, the only fight with all three of them is when the tailor is sees what's happening so then he takes his curtain rods and takes the rings from them and puts them on his arms to become the iron fist it was so insane yeah dude kicks ass um yeah man yeah Um, because because at that point in the movie you're still like you you don't really know what the movie's going for and then you're like oh so we're gonna get like magic stuff <laughs> yeah and, and it's and it's super sick um and yeah and those um at the schools like i mean they sound crazy uh yeah really cool um so i should ask too what was our what was our favorite um comedic bits oh fuck uh, oh man I thought it was really funny that the person, uh, it's not initially your favorite, but like this is really good, is that the person distributing the essentially superpowers is just a Thomas guy ripping off kids. <laughs> ripping off kids, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's just selling booklets for $10. Even though they're originally two cents a book. Yeah. I thought that was very funny. Oh man, I I don't know. I I loved all of the bits between the landlord and the landlady, um, that were obviously played for like hundred percent comedic purposes. Like, 
like just their interactions together but then like two it's nice when they finally come together to fight the beast and like oh so you're the fated lovers and it's like wow like you just never would have guessed because they've been bickering the whole movie and like beating the shit out of each other uh yeah at one point we thought the landlord died this is before we like this is like 20 minutes in the movie because the landlady like kicks them out of their like home five-story building yeah and he falls face first and then throws a flower pot lands directly on his head and then the flower pot breaks and we're like oh he's dead and they're like are you good and then he just like thumbs up he's like yeah i'm good that's like oh how is he not dead I, th- I so I thought all that stuff was pretty good. Oh fuck! Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the Roadrunner bit that the landlady would do. Oh yeah, but one part that was just fucking funny because it reminded me of One Piece again, uh, with the main guy getting his head punched in by the beast over and over again into the floor, <laughs> and it just kept going deeper and deeper. Uh, realistically, that man's head would be caved yeah. in, but I guess he took a bite of the gum gum. Well, also, too, when the Beast kills, like, the the actual leader of the Axe Gang and, like, chops him and his head turns probably, like, up 540 degrees. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And his neck, and his neck is twisted. Yeah, his like, neck is just twisted. Like, imagine, like, a rubber chicken you would just take and twist it. Like, that's what it looked like. It was, that's what it looked like, yeah. Yeah, it was, that, that was funny. But r- really, like, all the comedy in the movie, to me hit I, I i thought it was funny i like as the movie like watching it as the movie intended i thought it was funny yeah 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 so i guess like that also brings me to another question um is like did we ever feel the humor was insensitive or offensive because they were uh they were making fun of the landlady for being fat quote unquote or they were uh, so we see like there's uh, Singh's uh, friend Bone. There's a scene in there where he's sitting in a chair, but there's like slow motion of his body jiggling, or even how they depict the tailor being gay. Like, do we ever feel like this is ever done insensitively or offensive? Um, like, how, I, how do we? How do we think about that? I wasn't necessarily offended. I just felt like the. Uh, just calling the landlady fat was just dated, but I did really think that the uh, bone in the chair with his body just jiggling, I thought that was pretty funny. Just yeah, uh, purely out of how long it went, it was like thirty seconds of pure jiggling, and it was uh, they they if they ended it a little bit shorter, it'd been like okay, you overstayed, you're welcome. They did the uh, rule of threes, so they said twenty seconds. That's too much. But 30 seconds? Never mind. That's it's funny again. Yeah, it looped back around to be like it went so long, we're like, all right. But then it looped back around to being like, all right, that's pretty good. Okay. Uh, I I will say the domestic violence uh was a it was a little dated. Uh because the landlady's always depicted beating the shit out of her husband. So yep. The, the way so the landlady being called fat, I more so took that from because, I mean, obviously, the, the like, the woman playing the landlady, like, w- wasn't, like, actually big. I kind of figured that just being something that, like, the Axe Gang or, like, the people mad at her was saying to make her mad. Um, so I, I didn't really find that anything. 
Oh, I mean, um, I mean, yeah, that's how insults work. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, like, no, it, like, definitely. Did it ever uh, feel like it was being like fat phobic with how with how they were um with how they were using that, you know, by using fat as like being like a bad thing, being an insult, you know? It, yeah, I mean, I I definitely didn't feel that. Uh, I'm with Cole on the slow motion of Bones' body. I I thought that was funny. Um, I thought it looped back to being funny. The Taylor stuff is what really like knocked me off because like the Taylor w- would be play as like this like pretty serious character, but then like at one point he's wearing pink or red underwear. It's, it's red, red underwear through like white pants, and like his run is like a very like. A, a prance, I guess, is would be the w- way to say it. But they just never mention it. It's just part of his character. So I, d- I don't, I don't know if there's anything there. Like if they would have, like obviously, I think if somebody would have been like, "Oh, look at this guy," and like have called him a slur or something, yeah. I, I, like obviously that would have been different. But they just never question it in the movie. They're just like, "Oh that's yeah, that's him. the Taylor." Yeah, well, I, I thought well, it was well, pretty will... funny when he was just in that one scene where he's just standing and he's got his legs crossed and he's like, ooh, ooh. he's just like very ooh, woo. <laughs> yeah, I, I will. I was the landlady did call him a fairy. I should mention that. Yeah, I mean, that's dated. Yeah, I'm yeah. Yeah, I get, I kind of forgot about that. That's pretty dated. But like. I, I like again, I worst things you could have been called, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um. From especially from this being 2004, that we know as comedies go in the early 2000s could have went way worse. So just comparing them to other comedies from this time, I think this is pretty tame. Well, I should also mention too that like I I don't. So it, my I asked this question because um because it definitely could come across as that. Not yeah. saying that I thought that that's like that's how it affected me or hit me personally i just know that that that's how it could be interpreted but i should mention that all these characters like i mean well not really bone bone is kind of he's kind of there but the landlady the tailor the landlord they're all treated as heroes even with these things happening like you know these things that could be you know construed as being kind of you know and, and and these things are very much dated too but like with these things too they're also shown being heroic being i mean capable of fighting being capable yeah. of standing up and like do because and there's never and even then too like whenever the uh the tailor dies like i mean the landlady and landlord give like cry over them and give them the respect that they deserved and they were just trying to make they didn't want them to get hurt or anything like yeah and like and then even then the people to in the town whenever the three masters defended them i mean they didn't hate them they loved them and then even the you know with the tailor like like it didn't like so i i, I say that but also too like these none of these people are ever also too like for the for most of the majority of the film, they are depicted as strong characters and heroes. Yeah, I should yeah. mention. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I would completely uh, agree with that, like a hundred percent. Like, I, I guess it'd be different if they were demonized in some way. Like, if, if for instance, the landlady was weak because she was a lady, what like would have come across as again extremely dated. But yeah, yeah, they're they're all treated as equals. Uh, they're they all kick ass in their own respective ways. Like yeah, yeah. So they're they're all masters. Yeah, and yeah. 
So yeah, I, I just I thought I should bring that to people's yeah. attention. As and well. again, even with the language in the movie, the language a thousand percent could have been worse for two thousand four. Like I mean, Wendell did say the landlady did call the tailor a, a fairy, but like very. I don't remember anything else of that. Yeah, like that bad. was kind of it, and and then that was, yeah, the, that was kind of it. That was one. Yeah, that was probably one scene. But like as we have seen. In early to mid, and again, this movie takes a lot of inspiration from Western comedy, I think, in a way. Uh, it could have been way worse. Uh, so it was actually a little refreshing to watch a movie made from this time period and not just immediately get like assaulted with slurs. Yeah. <laughs> Similar to when we watched Jennifer's Body. <laughs> like, I, I know they're two totally different things, but they kind of go for the same thing because you're just immediately assaulted with like words that are not okay to say ever no i i yeah wow yeah i mean you're right like because also too i i should mention like in like a movie like um sunshine of the spotless mind i mean we get randomly hit with the f word yeah, <laughs> yeah even though there's like no indication that this woman it's homophobic or anything or would whatever use that like it doesn't make any yeah so yeah. I, I yeah um should, but now but this is where it's interesting and i don't i don't know um what this looks like but the english dubbing and english subtitles are almost entirely different scripts oh um, uh while in some places the phrasing might just be turned around and others whole lines have been rewritten with different jokes and references i don't know how much that changes um what we just said but I, yeah, I, I thought that was interesting. I was like, huh, okay. Kind of makes me want to watch that version to see how it is. Because wouldn't it just be crazy if everything we just said was completely just stumped because the English actors just started using insane slurs? Every single slur you've ever heard is in this like, movie. It's like, Jesus Christ. Like, you didn't have to. Um, <laughs> like, but they're like, you know, it's like, I don't know. They, I don't know. Back then, people were crazy. I say back yeah. then. It was like early 2000s. <laughs> Our lifetime. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you guys ready for some more fun facts? Fun yeah, it fun it up. So uh, three scenes uh, are actually not directed by Stephen Chow. Uh, the fight that reveals the three pigsty masters is directed by Samu Ko Cambo Hung. The Burly Brawl parody where the uh, one fights the thousand men in black suits, the one, the chosen one, uh, and the fight in the night where the three masters face the two musicians were directed by Wu Ping Yuen. Ah. So that was interesting. Interesting. Um, uh, and then in August 2010 interview with GQ magazine, Bill Murray praised Kung Fu Hustle, saying it is the supreme achievement of modern age in terms of comedy and that there should have been a day of mourning for American comedy the day that movie came out. Hell yeah. I don't disagree. Like, I, I was trying to think last night, like, of movies that I've watched from I, just the 21st century for simplicity's sake. For pure humor, like, I can't think of a movie i have found funny like the only kind of the only movies i would put on the same par as this are probably like like it's going to seem like such a weird comparison the jackass films i i think probably specifically 
Jackass number two and probably Jackass forever as terms of like literal slapstick comedy, but that even doesn't seem fair to compare because this is scripted where Jackass very much for the most part is not like, I couldn't think of a, any sort of American comedy movie that would kind of even touch this. I don't know if it's uh, American. It might be Canadian, but it could be American. I don't know. But Tucker and Dale versus evil is really good comedy movie. If you haven't seen uh, it, I, w- I was going to say, yeah, Tucker and Dale. I was going to also say the nice guys. Uh, okay, not nice guys. I'd probably put, and I just thought of another one, probably. Um, and I, I, I don't know if it's American. Uh, pop star. I haven't seen that, but I've heard. I haven't, it's really I haven't good. seen pop star. Yeah, it's it's incredible. What about but eighth yeah, grade? I, I'm, ta- also, I'm talking. What about upper so, echelon of comedy? I was also going to say, what about sorry to bother you? <laughs> I, th- I think great comedies. I think this is pretty comfortably better than sorry to bother you. Really? Yeah, I, I, I feel so. probably about the same for both of them. I would, I would feel I, about I the love same. Both of them. Yeah, uh, sorry to about... bother you is cool. I, I don't oh. know if it's so. It's. I would say it's more absurdist. Also, there's Black Klansmen, um, Logan Lucky. Uh, oh, Logan Lucky's a good one. Lo- yeah, Hail Caesar. Um, I definitely don't think this is as good yeah. as Hail Caesar. Grand, I, no, I mean I definitely don't think Hail Caesar is as yeah. good as this. Grand Budapest Hotel. Fantastic Not, Mr. Fox. I mean, we could even say Jennifer's body. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we mentioned Jennifer's body, but also I don't know if Jennifer's body is supposed to be taken as a comedy. But um, I, I mean, if we're is. just it's talking, in, it is considered comedy. It, so if we're just talking, but I would consider this like upper echelon comedy of the 21st century. Like uh, uh, nailed it on the head here. I I do think it it is an, an achievement. Uh, of its time to kind of mix in like the Looney Tunes absurdist slapstick with like legitimately really funny com- comedic writing, but also really kick ass action sequences. All right. All right. That's fair. Uh, honestly, that makes, me, that makes me, that makes us, makes me think we need to watch Shaolin soccer. Yes. Um, I really want to watch what? every single one of his movies now after watching this again. Yeah. Because- that came out in 2001, uh, and uh, I've seen clips from that, and I need to watch it. It looks so fucking good. Uh, this actually surpassed Shaolin Soccer in February 2005 to become the highest-grossing Hong Kong-made movie in Hong Kong. Hell yeah. Yeah, from what I've gathered, it kind of seems like Stephen Chow was just breaking his own record there for a little bit of continuously releasing films that became the highest-grossing film ever in hong kong it's pretty crazy yeah um uh there's also been a, there's like a, quite a few bruce lee tributes uh there was one when the lane lady is seated between the boss and his assistant she faces the boss and mimics the gestures bruce lee used also while facing a crime boss in return of the dragon she wags her finger at him then closes both fists then just the right while knuckles crack and she jerks her head up and the boss nods to understand and then he and she thumbs her nose exactly like Bruce Lee. Um, I thought that scene looked familiar. It just felt like I've seen this before. Not just because I've seen this movie before, but like recently. I mean, that's that's from Return of the Dragon. Have you ever seen Return of the Dragon? I think so. Maybe. Oh, okay. I didn't know. Um, and then, If not, the- I've seen this that scene before. That scene is definitely in my head. Hey. Maybe. 
Um, and then there's another one where at one point the landlord and his wife seen through their window are cha-cha dancing. This is a nod to Bruce Lee, who won the 1958 Hong Kong National Cha-Cha Championship. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then... Martial uh, arts. Yeah, totally. Uh, there's also uh, the mute girl, the one who like pretty much gets sidelined the entire film. Um, there's... Uh, there was actually um actual meaning to or the there i was able to find the meaning to what she was saying when she signs uh, is do you remember me long ago you helped me i do remember you uh yeah it says the gloss would be you remember i past times two you helped to me i remember i you remember times three to fully grasp the meaning notice she repeats past so the past time was not recent and b she uses her facial expressions to denote the question she frowns slightly for a moment for a moment see she helped help is a sign sign pointing to her to express she was the recipient of the help and d though the first remember is signed once she remarks that the final remember i do remember as a little girl she says thank you very much you can see it in it it is chinese sign language and not asl she moves the fist forward and bends her thumb i thought that was interesting there yeah i didn't know like some of that was how that worked but that's chinese sign language so i know uh even less about that it, yeah, yeah it, this is going to sound real. And it's just something I've never thought of. I've never thought about all the different versions of sign language that there are. Like, yeah. for, like when I just hear ASL, I just assume sign language. And it's I've I, I just never have even considered. I'm like, oh, my God, there's probably hundreds of iterations of sign language I've never thought of. So when she was doing it in the movie, I'm like, because I know a little bit of ASL. I was like, I don't know what the shit that is. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it. it it is crazy like i mean a lot of a lot of language a lot of languages you know especially now too with um that's just not verbal completely uh, using physical gestures no. uh the name pigsty alley the play on the chinese name for the walled city of kowloon it was a chinese enclave Ooh. in hong kong and for much of the 20th century it was well known as a breeding ground of crime slums and disorder it was torn down in 1983 1993 1993 sorry I, I really find the walled city of Kowloon really fucking interesting. I highly recommend every single person listening to this, even people here to look into this. If you can, it's highly interesting. It's like the densest amount of people that can be in a short or not short, but a small area. Like it's all vertical housing and it's like, nothing but crime because uh police did not want to enforce it because it means they'd have to go in there and actually uh be in danger it, it's really interesting stuff okay wow <laughs> yeah i'll have to check that out um as of 2005 this film was the widest cinematic release of a foreign language film in the usa um, yeah i can definitely in. see that now some of these facts factoids are from uh IMBD. So, you know, as to when they were updated or when they were posted, some of them um, like that might be a little old. But uh, anyway, uh, in the opening scene, some kids are playing soccer. Uh, Stephen Chow steps in and stomps the ball. That's also a nod to Shaolin Soccer, which is a movie he stars in as well. Um, it's his movie. But uh, the literal translation of name of the beast is Dark God of Fire Clouds. Uh, the name was the first used by the writer Liu Kan Yang in his novels in the 1950s and 60s. And his character was originally his protagonist, 
protagonist as mentor, the menacing sound of the name and comparatively lax copyright laws in Hong Kong had led to the name appearing in many other films, novels, and comics. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That, that makes sense. Also, kind of wish they would have just called him that instead of the Beast. Yeah. The like, dark uh, god of the fire Yeah, cloud. the dark god of the fire cloud sounds... I mean, don't get me wrong, the Beast is cool, but, like, dark god of the fire clouds? Like, come on. Yeah. Uh, and I should... And if you're listening to this, too, you know, I, we said there would be spoilers. Uh, there's a scene in there, too, that is direct reference to the shining of blood flooding down the hallway when... Sing goes to break out the beast in prison, which I thought was really fun. Yeah, it was really good. And uh, in so whenever Donut, uh, the the staff user, the staff master, uh, die on his deathbed, he says, "With great re- power comes great responsibility." That was a direct reference to Spider Man. <laughs> I don't see how that could be a reference to anything else other than Spider Man. Yeah, even when it was said, Colt was like, "Oh, Spider Man." I'm like, "Man, are they really referencing Spider Man?" in a 2004 movie and yeah they were they were and uh but in the italian dubbing uh which was titled kong fusion uh donut's final english-speaking quote before his death was uh it was uh what are you prepared to do and has been it was replaced by i can't get no satisfaction which is a direct reference to the rolling stones song <laughs> that's, that's still good. pretty that's pretty funny <laughs> that's so like that's pretty good <laughs> That that's so funny to me that like the Italian dubbing of a Hong Kong made movie has a joke that no other version of the movie has. Like that to me, like I wonder if the, like in all of the dubbings of the movies, there's just some random ass joke like that, and the Italian one's probably just been seen enough that people are like, oh yeah, that's a Rolling Stones reference. I I would love I would love to have known. Uh, I wish I could have found some more stuff out but uh we had to do this kind of you know short notice because the day we're recording this uh yesterday we had just watched the movies and then the day after which is today we're recording this so um i I wish i could have i guess watched even more of kung fu hustle in different dubs now uh but yeah i just i thought that was fun um yeah that's all i have um any Uh, final thoughts do do we want to say our ratings for the movie? I guess. Oh and yeah. Kind of wrap it up that way. So I went four and a half out of five. That's nine out of ten for those at home. Um, on this movie, I I thought it was incredible. Like I said, action never stops. The the humor never stops. I I feel like this is not even counting summer of fisting stuff. This is probably the funniest movie we've watched together in a hot minute. Yeah, um, it's true. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just, like, a great time. You do not feel the runtime at all. Like, it, it's fantastic. But, like, no no notes. I don't know what... I think outside of it, just packing more stuff into that runtime would have made it five. I, I don't know. Like, it seems like a very, like, Maximus-style movie where they just packed in so much stuff into this runtime. And, yeah, I, I'm going 4.5-er on it. I went four and a half as well, uh, pretty much for the exact same reasoning. Uh, Cause like, I was trying to think like what would make it push to be a five. And like, I can't think of anything else really. Yeah, uh, I can't think of anything besides more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I went, I went 4.5 as well. Um, out of five. Uh, I mean, I'm the same way. I, I think, I think if there was more, it would probably, I'd probably push it to, a fiver i mean if this movie was two hours i I definitely could see myself giving it five stars um if they just packed in more because i definitely wish more was done with the three masters rather than just killing them off so quickly but 
I mean, that's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess like expand on the leg guy. Uh, you can still kill him by beheading him with the stuff, but uh, it'd be cool to see him fight more. Yeah. 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 I true. Agree. Rest in peace, Tanner. Rest in peace, Tanner. <sighs> uh, rest in peace, you two, too. <laughs> yeah. It's like we, we all die. Yep. But, all right. Uh, uh, yeah. Is that a show? That's I think it's it. a show. Y'all, you want me to get in the plugs well, here? Plug it up, brother. All like right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode 315 of the All You Can Hear podcast. As always, you can check us out on SoundCloud, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast. We're on something called TuneIn. Somebody linked me other, the other day. They were like, oh, TuneIn. I've never even heard of it, but we're on there, too. Uh, so All You Can Hear podcast. Check us out. Follow us on Twitter at AYCH Podcast. As of right now, that is still the best place to get the most up-to-date information on podcast happenings whether it be streams uh videos you know extra stuff the main content stuff like that's still the best place as of right now for that stuff so a at aych podcast on twitter you can follow us aych podcast on instagram aych podcast on tiktok we are aych podcast on youtube you can search aych podcast or all you can hear we should come up um, we are on twitch.tv slash all you can hear. We're getting back in the rhythm of doing some stuff there after kind of taking the summer to kind of reassess what we want to do with it. Uh, so that's cool. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Tanner1495. And my name is Colt. Follow me on Twitter at ColtD00. Follow me on Blue Sky at ColtD99. And go ahead and watch this movie again if you've already seen it. And if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Yeah, com- completely agree. Like, the, you go watch it right now. Yeah. Uh, thank you for listening. I'm Wenzel. You can follow me on Twitter at Wenzel Wilkie. You can follow my art Instagram at World of Wenzel. Uh, you can follow my book Instagram, Wenzel Banters. You can follow me on threads at World of Wenzel. Uh, I have a link tree for links for everything, including my Goodreads, my Letterbox. Go check that out. Go check out Backlog Boys. Yeah. Um, yeah. I should have a. Ep- let me let me remember when this comes out for the. Uh, we'll have an episode come out next week. But yeah, but next week uh, should drop on August the thirtieth. We'll be back, and guess what? We get right back into it, uh, and we'll announce kind of our next slate of stuff we're doing there as well. So uh, yeah, yeah, keep it yep. locked in. Yeah. Uh, any final words? Uh, do uh, not fight the dude with the music uh, stuff. He'll cut don't you Don't fight up. the two dudes with the musical instrument unless you know Lion's Roar or mm-hmm. your uh, Tai Chi master. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so I could fight him, obviously. Uh-huh. Yeah. I-, I could fight him, and it might be a little exhausting, but I'd win. Oh, okay. What what yeah. style would you, would you use? Uh, I'd probably use, um hollow purple oh okay well yeah i'm pretty easy to win using that yeah all right bye everybody bye bye bye